Well, welcome to the latest podcast with me, Dr. Chris Keel. This time, I'm not doing it from an airport, so you won't have all the exciting background noise and gate changes to deal with. So, the topic of the day has been pretty obvious. It's the UAW strikes and what that might mean for the economy as a whole. So, I've been trying to get a bit of a handle on all of this and separate some of the rumor from the reality and the implications and all that. So it's an ongoing story, probably will be different by Monday than it even is today. But here's what we know so far and what we think is going to be going on in the weeks to come. The UAW is asking for some pretty uh, elaborate changes. They're looking for a pretty substantial pay increase, pretty substantial increases in benefits and the like. Um, the automakers are not anywhere near that level at this stage. I mean, they're separated by $20, $30 an hour at this stage. There's a lot of conversation as to what might be the real issue as far as the unions are concerned. Uh, and this is fairly typical of these kinds of negotiations, that there's the public face, that this is what we're arguing over, and then there's kind of the reality, that behind the scenes there's a lot more conversation about other issues. One of the real concerns for the industry has been kind of where production is going to be focused. And one of the concerns on the part of the union has been, will they be losing more production to Mexico, to Canada, to other parts of the world? And right after the UAW began talking about the strike, you started to see a lot more investment flowing into Mexico around auto manufacturing because Mexico now is predominantly a manufacturing country. It is replacing things like oil and remittances and tourism with manufacturing. And the most important part of manufacturing for Mexico is automotive. The average car, as far as its construction is concerned, between Mexico and the U.S., is going back and forth across the border as many as four or five times. So parts are developed on one side, they go to the other, something else is done to that assembly, comes back to the next country. So it's a very fluid manufacturing process back and forth, but more and more of it is taking place in Mexico. There's also, of course, a lot more robotics, and this concerns uh, the workforce as well, because this is basically mandated by worker shortage. Everybody in manufacturing has been facing this, but when you can't find people, you start to put machines in their place. The other issue that has developed in the last few weeks is that, and I think I've talked about this once before, or at least written about it, we, the United States, trying to get Japan and South Korea to work with one another and us to counter China. Neither one of those countries have trouble with the U.S. They're both very close allies to the U.S. What they don't do is cooperate with each other. There's a lot of tension still between South Korea and Japan, made worse really now by economic rivalry, but it's traditional and it's historical and we don't have time to go into why they don't like each other, but they don't. When Biden went to visit with the three of them, um, the U.S., South Korea, and Japan, 
there was a desire to get them to kind of bury the hatchet. And one of the things that was done to encourage it was to give some incentives to both South Korea and Japan. Both of these countries would be getting some concessions when it came to automotive, that they would have an opportunity to sell more parts in the U.S., more finished cars in the U.S. So all of this kind of combines to threaten, to a degree, the workforce in the United States. They are in a position now of saying, well, look, more manufacturing being done in Mexico, more threat from South Korea and Japan, we need to worry about job security. So one of the underlying conversations may be around protecting jobs here. And the concessions that might be made on wages and benefits may revolve around promises about, you know, what plants are going to be kept open, blah, blah, blah. So that still is kind of at the rumor stage. We don't really know if that's on the table or not. The implication for the overall economy is pretty significant. I mean, we're talking, you know, millions and millions of dollars um, being lost every day, lost wages, the kind of interruption with consumer activity. Whether it has a major impact depends on how long it lasts. I mean, if this goes on for a few weeks, well, it can be digested. A few months, whole different story. And the numbers that are being thrown around are vastly variable. You know, some are, are really pushing almost an Armageddon as far as, as its impact on the economy. Others are downplaying it. And you can imagine which side each of these conversations is coming from. In general, the economy has started to show some signs of, of slowing, not to the point that it's at stall speed, but the consumer is a little more nervous. There is a little more concern about what happens with layoffs. You probably remember, because we've talked about it a lot, that there's this huge overhang of money that was left over from 2020, 2021. That's mostly gone. And now people have pretty much exhausted their extra savings. They are now a whole lot more sensitive to what goes on with employment, with their own employment. And if people start to worry about their own layoffs, they become reluctant to spend. We're beginning the holiday spending season. We'll know for sure whether people are still wanting to spend by the time we get to Halloween. At the moment, we seem to be fairly aggressive. Consumer spending is still pretty high, but there are little signs of weakness. The retailers are noting that people are buying the kind of thing they buy for Christmas, but they're buying it early. So they're basically making gift acquisitions even now, which would suggest that they might not be making as many of those later in the season. So you may notice that I have said the word might possibly maybe about a million times in the last 10 minutes, uh, which is kind of typical of economists. But we really don't know. I mean, we really have kind of a up-in-the-air attitude. This has just started. The strikes are kind of odd to begin with. They've never really done a strike with all three automakers at once. They've never really done these kind of standing, rolling strikes before. So there's there's a lot of, of unknown floating around with all this. So stay tuned. 
Probably won't be the last time we talk about UAW strikes. And probably won't be the last time we talk about strikes in general. But for the moment, Armada is not on strike. I am continuing to work, and I'm probably not even going to demand a pay raise. So I'd be refused anyway. Thanks very much, and we'll talk to you next week.